Praise the name of Jesus Christ. I want to appreciate the Holy Spirit for enabling us once again to be together with you wherever you are listening from. This is Pastor Dennis Matov all the way from Kampala, Uganda. The ministry is Freedom Experience Ministry. I know that if you have been following, you are still enjoying this wonderful God that is dispensing himself into us. I've been taking you uh, through a series of teachings. And, uh, this must be uh, episode 21. And we are still adding on, adding on because um, we still have much to talk. Uh, to talk about this wonderful God that is dispensing himself into us. Yeah, in this series of teaching, uh, teaching that is called uh, Experiencing God's New Testament Eternal Plan. Now, we have so far discovered that God from eternity, he has a plan. Uh, he purposed something in himself and he is carrying it out uh, uh, within man. And uh, so far at this episode, we can tell that God is a God of plan, a God of desire, a God of pleasure. He has God's own pleasure. When you read the book of Ephesians, he says that he had something he purposed in himself. And this was his heart's desire. And one time he arose and created the heavens and the earth to see that he fulfills that which he is planning, that which he desires. Then afterwards, when man fell, he went on to to, to come in to, to deliver and to redeem man, to see that he continues his plan that he had from the beginning. Right now, he has restored man to the position whereby he is able to uh, again enter into man, dispense himself into man. So we need to know such a God, a God who is dispensing himself into us. What is his person? What is his plan? So we have got to go through serious details of teachings. Recently we have been talking about the aspects of this God and we saw that they are in plain words in the entire New Testament and uh, recently we talked about um, him being our Abba Father, we talked about him being the Savior of all, the Head of Christ. And this was further aspects of God's person as revealed in the New Testament. When we went on we also discovered that he's the only God and all these uh, aspects are plain in the scriptures and uh, lastly last time we talked about being the invisible God but this invisible God has been made manifest to Jesus Christ because when Jesus Christ came he declared his father was invisible he told us that no one has seen the father only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father he has declared him and previously I told you that the way that Jesus uh, manifested and expressed the Father was through declaration. He declared who the Father was. That's what the Bible says in John 1.18. He declared him. So, in declaring the Father, we see that the Gospel of John, uh, although in the Gospel of John, God starts as uh, the one that was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. At some time, when you come to verse 14, God was made flesh. So although God is invisible, we discover that the Father's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, 
by the word of life uh, he 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 manifested he explained this god and this son declared him by the word then he declared him by the life he talked about the life then he declared him by being the light he talked about the light he talked about the grace and the reality and we discover that the word is god expressed the life is god imparted light is god shining and grace is god enjoyed well as reality which is truth is god realized and this is how the invisible god was fully declared in the sun through these five things that we have uh, we ended up with today i want to continue with uh, another aspect which is our 14th aspect is god being the living god now we see that a number of verses in the new testament reveal that god is the living god Remember Matthew chapter 16 verse 16 the Lord Jesus is God the son of the living God when Peter wanted to reveal who the son of man was who Jesus was he said that you are the Christ son of the living God praise the name of Jesus and in this verse the living God is in contrast to uh, when you call it the living God it means that uh, there is what we call dead religion and this living God who is embodied in Christ has nothing to do with the dead religion because uh, religion is dead enough not to see that God is living and is uh, like is, invi- is explained and manifested and is among and within the, the believers you understand when you come to 1 Timothy chapter 3 verses 15 we shall begin with that Uh, the readings from 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 15 whereby Paul was talking about this house of God he says that but if i should delay he's talking to Timothy that you may know how you ought to behave in the house of God which is the church of the living God so the house of God is the church of the living God the pillar and the base or the foundation of the truth so all talks about God being the living God and he lives in this in the church because the church is supposed to be the church of the living God so we see that the church the house of God is the church of the living God that means that as we fellowship we must have this reality that God is living he is and is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him now in paul speaking of the church as the house of god specifically refers to god as the one that is living as the living god and this living god who lives in the church must be subjective to the church not objective it must be subjective rather than merely being objective that god is in heaven and man is here on earth we are far from him and uh, is far from us no the living god is supposed to be subjective the moment this god is not subjective is not a living god to you and that is what to call a dead religion because where there is a church life this god is supposed to be living it's supposed to be experienced it's supposed to be enjoyed hallelujah so an idol in a heathen temple is lifeless and is created to put 
is positioned in one corner and is going to remain there not speaking doing nothing so this is an idol and in the temple hidden temple this idol is lifeless the god who not only lives but also acts is the god that moves the god that works in his living temple which is the church and is living because he is a living god and for him he not only lives but he also acts where there is god there is action god is going to express himself through the believers is going to express himself through those that love him he's going to manifest himself he's going to act he's going to move when you come to church you see the move of god with signs and wonders with miracles with his manifold wisdom you begin to see this god that he works he is in his living temple the church is living and because god is living the church is supposed to be living also and living in him and living by him and living with him because god the the the, the living god who is in the church is living so the church must be living and that's why we need to have a church life whereby we feel and sense the life of god life of god in us convicts us of our sin and trespass the life of god always guides us because he is living in us he cannot be like a dumb idol that does not speak praise the name of jesus so such a living god is supposed to have a living church the church is alive church will move with this god and work together with this god a living church is the house the household of the living God and I pray that by the spirit of God the church should reflect this living God in a living way hallelujah so this is why Paul in 1 Timothy 3:15 refers not merely to God but he adds on the living God our God must be living even in our teachings our god must be living even in our prayers in our worship in our praise in our preaching in every demonstration in the church god is living hallelujah for that now we know that he lives we know that he dwells he moves and works within the church this is the kind of god that is revealed in the new testament therefore the church is the church of the living god and his church must be alive Shout amen for that. Hebrews. Let us turn to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. We shall read verses 12. And we see still there is an explanation that whereby Paul says, Take heed, brothers, lest there be any of you. And it says, Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Departing from the living God, you see, it is absurd when a, a person who has believed has been believing God departs under cause of the heart of unbelief. And this person chooses to depart from the living God, and then he goes maybe to dumb idols or to this worldly setup. So, in other words, Paul is warning with respect to the living God, is a God we are not supposed to forsake is a God we are supposed to cling on. It says, beware brothers, lest there be in any one of you that 
He has called it an evil heart of unbelief. And that makes you to withdraw from the living God. Hallelujah. So, our God is the living God. But unbelief is so evil. With this unbelief, because it is evil, it will insult this living God. And God is so much displeased with our unbelief. That's why he mentions in Hebrews chapter um, chapter 11 verse 6 that uh, whoever comes to God must be believing. You must believe that God is. Now that God is living and is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Praise Jesus Christ. So it, unbelief is evil and what, what, what makes unbelief to be evil is that it makes a person withdraw from God. So it insults God. When you believe that God is not going to work for me, yet God is living, praise Jesus. You begin to doubt whether he can save you, deliver you, uh, help you, bless you. You begin to doubt whether he hears prayer. That one insults God so much. Hallelujah. So, he is calling us back to faith because it is faith that pleases God because with faith you believe that this invisible God is living and is rewarding glory to God so regarding the living God all goes on to explain in Hebrews 9.14 says that how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself spotless to God purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. When we come to this Christ, we are one time dead, but the blood of Jesus has washed us, cleansed us, and uh, through the Spirit, this was offered to God spotless to purify our conscience. Because our conscience was covered with dead works. So, the conscience is purified from dead works, so that we, we the believers might serve living God. But when you look into the book of Hebrews, you discover that the book of Hebrews is not a book which teaches religion, but it is a book which reveals this living God. That's why he says in Hebrews, of the word of God is living, active, sharper. Hallelujah. So it does not refer to any other thing. If you have contact with this living God then you need to exercise your spirit and what I mean to exercise your spirit is you need to pray you need to pray read the word of God exercise your spirit because God is living Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is also living, active sharper than any double edged sword it can go on enter into you because it is living it will divide the spirit it will divide the spirit, the soul, and then the bone, the, the, the body. Praise Jesus Christ. Because it is living. It has, it has eyes. It enters into man and solves man. Man's problems. Hallelujah. So, the blood of Jesus has purified us. We have a blood purified conscience. Even right now you can say, my Lord, I thank you for the blood, blood of Jesus. Because 
when you have this blood your conscience is purified from dead works you see there are a lot of things that deaden us during that day and you need to call the blood it purifies the blood purifying agent and it will clear blood will clear your conscience blood of christ purifies our conscience to serve living god even right now if you don't sense that god is living you begin by calling the blood of jesus say blood of jesus wash me cleanse me purify my conscience from dead works and one of the dead works is unbelief and plus other anal works works of the flesh right we shall continue with hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 we have seen that in this scripture it speaks of dead works and of the living god there is a believer who is doing dead works needs to be purified there is a non believer who is still those dead works needs to be washed by this purifying blood and to come to a living god and remember before we were regenerated we are dead in trespasses and in sins that's what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 says that but even when we are dead in our works came and died for us praise Jesus we are there dead now we are alive and because we are alive we need the blood to purify our conscience because we have been delivered from the dead works we are born again so we need to Okay, the, the newness the newness of life the conscious being purified and uh, living before this living god so the blood of jesus does the work of purifying remember when you read uh, ephesians 1 and even colossians 2:13 there is somewhere god has brought us he has brought us from death to life he says and he has made you alive where you once dead in trespasses and sin and sins he brought us we walked according to the course of this world he says but he brought us out hallelujah so that's why he also adds on this colossian chapter 2 verse 13 is that and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven all your sins your trespasses so he brought us from somewhere and now we are alive with a pure conscience living conscience to contact the living god therefore whatever we did bad or good as long as we are not born again towards dead works before the living god one time this living god came into us hallelujah he came into us and now we may serve him we should be serving this living god with a conscience purified by the blood of christ glory to god for that so i bless the holy spirit for this wonderful great work that the living god is doing in your life and in my life hebrews chapter 10 hebrews chapter 10 verses 31 Uh, we have got several scriptures in the book of hebrews because so much talks about the living god he says in his, in the word that it is a fearful thing to fall into a hands 
of the living God. Hallelujah. So it is a fearful word, scripture also. It has said that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You see Hebrews in, is charging the Hebrew, Hebrew believers to come to come forward according to God's New Testament plan, according to his New Testament economy and not to drift back to the old Judaism. You see, they were fighting the laws and the, the Judaistic laws. So he warned them. He warned them not to drift back to withdraw. But then he went on to, to warn them that if they would fall away from God's New Testament way that Jesus made, then they will be dealt with with they will be dealt with by God is living. In other words, God will not just look unto them, he will deal with them because he's a living God. So he says it is a dreadful thing, it's a fearful thing for you to fall into the hands of the living God. Sometimes you think he's not living and you begin to drift away from grace, to fall away from grace. But he's living. He is going to react. Praise the name of Jesus. So because he's living, he's living, he's going to judge. He's going to judge his people one day. Always judges us. Praise the name of Jesus. So he is living. And when you come to Hebrews 12, chapter 12, chapter 12 verses 22, still Paul speaks of the city of the living God. And this was that which Abraham was anticipating, the city of the living God. But as the, as the book of Hebrews, it is dealing with the dead Judaism because this was the strongest strongest religion even right now it is still strong and all had to remind them that God is living he could tell the Hebrews you the God the God of Hebrews is living and he kept on revealing this God to them from different angles to prove to them that he's living hallelujah so in other words the New Testament believers, which is we, the church today, we have also come to the city of the living God. So we need to be bold. Let me read for you Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 because you need to know where you have come. God has brought you somewhere into his kingdom. Whereby he says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, a heavenly Jerusalem, to add innumerable company of angels. This is where we have been brought in the spirit realm. We are on a high mountain in the transcendency of Christ. We are in the city of the living God which is now a heavenly Jerusalem. We are surrounded with angels. This is what is in the spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, this is where we have been brought a living God. We have come to a city of the living God heavenly Jerusalem. Now, there, this heavenly Jerusalem is so much in contrast to the earthly Jerusalem uh, that is in Palestine, in Israel. And, uh, because with this one, God has given up uh, about it, not uh, entirely, but because they gave up on this living God in his plan, so he forsook them until they will repent, until they will come to the full realization and he will save them. So the earthly Jerusalem is not a living one, is not where we have come to. We have come to a heavenly Jerusalem. So remember, they forsook God and then 
Lord began to release the warriors unto them, that war unto you. In the book of Matthew 23, hallelujah. When you read Matthew 23 uh, from verses 37 to 38, we see that they had given up, uh, the, the New Jerusalem was given up by God. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and he said, they will come and destroy you. You have forsaken me, the living God. So, since God is living in every way, we must see this, that God is living in every way. Even today, he is living. When you communicate to him, he will respond. Glory to God for that. He is living and is ready to respond to solve your situation. He is living and is ready to hear you speaking words to him, communing with him in fellowship, praying and recognizing him in all your aspects. We need to, to, to recognize him, to believe that he is the God that he lives and is within the believers. So therefore we should remain only in uh, this living God because he is always within those that are living and believing him. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So this God is living and we are supposed to live in him, live with him and live by him. That's why the scripture says for in him we live. Because he's living, we move, we have our being because he is a living God. I want to bring you to such a living God. I want to uh, reveal such a living God that is not a dumb idol, that is not in a, like a lifeless temple. No, I'm bringing you to a God who is living, who also acts, who also moves who also works and he is living in his temple, the church. He is living and because he's living, it is important to know that the church must be also living in him, by him and with him. This is a living God within a living church. And as he's living in the church, the church must live, must move, must work together with this living God. So, as I wind up today, I want you to come to this realization that we have a living church whereby there is a living God. That makes us to believing also. We are not dead Christians, religious people. We are living Christians. We are being moved by the Spirit of God. We are being inspired and motivated by this living God. Is not silent in us. He is speaking. He is moving. He is acting. But the only difference is that he is not acting by himself. He has chosen in the New Testament plan to work with man. He is in you and is working. He is in you and is moving. And when you speak, he speaks. When you move, he moves. When you act, he acts. When you live in this such a oneness, then God will manifest himself all and even every time because he works and lives and moves within us. You are not going to see him in the burning bush. You are going to see him in a living believer, a Christian believer, that born again believer. So what we are supposed to be doing as children of God is make sure that this God, such a God saturates us. Such a God fills us. Such a God permeates us. He comes from the spirit and saturates our heart, our soul life so that he makes his abode in our heart, then begins to flood in our all our senses, our minds, our will, and our emotions. Then 
you take over the entire being and then you easily move and prove that is living until the world comes to this truth until even the church comes to this reality we cannot experience god we cannot enjoy him we always think that is an objective god in the heavens and we will miss the subjective experience that god is living then his church his church is living and therefore we are living christians glory to god i must stop here in the name of jesus i know that you are going to enjoy the living god because it is what i've been emphasizing in this episode and i want to send my greetings to everyone that is connecting globally as far as we can reach in nations through our radio may the lord bless you those that have got our podcast and in case you are missing previous Uh, episodes please download freedom experience app and uh, there are many categories of teachings you look for the category uh, of body's new testament plan you'll find all these series um, ready for you to listen may the good lord bless you may the living god uh, work with you and bless you in the mighty name of jesus bye bye